Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we got a good episode for you today, uh, sort of an in-between games day. So uh, we're going to be previewing the uh, the next game against the San Jose Sharks, talking about what adjustments we hope to see from the Blues and uh, and how we see the, their next game going after they finally rebounded nicely from that uh, that big loss against Colorado. And then if we have time at the end, we're going to kind of take a look at the rest of the league, the standings, uh, and get into that. But yeah, starting things off, Blues against the Sharks tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, I believe. Yeah, 9 p.m. Eastern. Rematch from that last game. Blues obviously won that one five to four, and it was the most fun game of the season. Three games and not saying much, but still, it was a hell of a game. A lot of fun to watch. Uh, definitely, Blues definitely didn't look perfect. Still, still a lot of a lot of kinks to work out there. A lot of reasons for positivity and optimism heading into this next game. I don't know, Tommy, how are you feeling? How are you feeling after that game one headed into game two? Well, Josh, for me, there's a couple of things that kind of stick out at you when you look at the Blues' performance in game one. Number one. Penalty kill is still struggling massively, so I think staying out of the box, bad. especially against the San Jose team, you don't want to give them a leg up in any facet because eventually, like at five on five, they're not going to be able to hang with you. We know that. We saw that last game. So giving them a bunch of five on fours is not the strategy here, especially when uh, your penalty kill is playing like our penalty kill is right now. Uh, maybe they figure it out. Maybe it's a good way for them to figure it out. But in terms of winning this game tonight, I think staying out of the box is the way to go. And I think last game we saw that the Sharks made it a point to get traffic in front of the net in front of Jordan Bennington, especially on that first goal, just a nasty tip going uh, east to west. Bennington never saw it. And I think that's something that the Blues need to focus on as well is like maybe not so much getting in the blocking lanes when it's a shot from the point, but letting Jordan Bennington see it because uh, if he's seeing those shots and tracking them in nine times out of 10, he's going to make that save, you know? So maybe Mm -hmm. uh, just clearing the traffic in front of the net, I think is one of the keys to tonight's victory as well as, like I said, staying out of the box. Yeah, I definitely agree. And sort of getting back to what I was saying, the Blues definitely didn't look perfect. There was a lot of uh, areas where they were very much lacking, especially the penalty kill. But on the flip side, I think really any, any area where you could point out that the Blues were really struggling are, sort of the areas that you would expect a team to struggle three games into a really weird season where they didn't have a whole lot of whole lot of warm-up time via training camp or whatever else it may be. But uh, yeah, like like the, the the penalty kill obviously is is astronomically bad. You know, if, if the season were to end today, which obviously it's not, it would be the worst penalty kill of all time by far. So that's sort of reason for optimism saying, you know, that's going to balance out. You know, at some point they will write the ship and maybe, maybe they don't have the best penalty kill throughout the year but it's not going to be you know 45 percent or whatever atrocious number it's at right now um and also like you said you know sharks got a lot of traffic out front of the net blues kind of had a hard time with that and and that's that's the same thing it's one of those things where once especially this blues team once they get ramped up once they get that physicality going once they they, they click and, and start playing like a five-man unit uh, or you know one five-man unit rather than five individual guys out there all that stuff's going to correct itself 
um, which I think is, is a really good sign. You know, it, 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 it sucks to lose the way they did and it sucks to, I mean, not obviously they won, but they they didn't look great. Um, but I'd say if if you're going to lose eight, nothing, and then you're going to have a tough five, four game, I I say this this is the best possible outcome for, for that, that sort of difficult beginning because it was all areas that are very easily fixable and you can almost expect to write themselves as the season goes on. Yeah, and I think the power play definitely falls into that category as well. We even heard Mike Hoffman talk about how he felt more comfortable this game than he did last game. You could kind of see uh, his engagement levels starting to rise up. Even, get, even getting back on the, the back checking and the forward checking and doing his job uh, defensively, which a lot of people said he does not do. So I think that's promising seeing his game uh, tick up in terms of that production as well as obviously he's ripping one-timers on the power play maybe like to see a couple more of those hit the net but he'll find his way I don't think it's anything to be concerned about yet like we said with Justin Falk like he had essentially an entire season uh, to get acclimated into the blue system and the way that they run things and now look at him he's arguably one of our best players and I think one of the keys for the Blues moving forward as well as the Blues defenseman kind of following his lead in terms of that, jumping up into the play. We know Tory Krug is capable. Uh, I don't know if he's at that confidence level within the team to be like, okay, I'm going to let the reins off and go do it myself kind of thing. But I think he needs to because that's when he's at his best playing hockey. I don't think he's been bad. I don't think he's played bad. I don't think Colton Pareko has played bad, but I don't think they've lived up to the potential that we know that they're capable of. And that goes for a lot of the players on this team. I think there's uh, still a lot left in the tank that we haven't seen. But Jordan Cairo and Justin Falk, like we talked about on last podcast, leading the way, leading the charge. Jordan Jordan Cairo's sitting at a point per game right now. Would not be surprised to see if he's still there at the end of the season. And and sort of to kind of reiterate the whole point of these are things that are going to work out as the season goes. Um, we talked about it all offseason, how this team was shifting into more of an offensive uh, style of play rather than the two-way physical uh, style that they played in years past. And uh, even though it's a small sample size and even though they got blown or eight, nothing in one game, I think the, the one thing that we can really take away from the small, the small sample size of these first three games is how scary dominant this offense has the potential to be. Up and down the forward core, you know, the the first two lines, forget about it. You know, we, t- we talked on and on and on about those lines yesterday. First two lines could be, you know, a first line on pretty much any team in, in the NHL. Jordan Cairo looks like a superstar, looks like uh, could be could be one of the next big things in terms of young guys in the NHL. Um, Robert Thomas obviously looks comfortable, looks plays way way older than his age, and he's matured out there, as has Cairo. And then you look at the, the defense as well. Guys like Justin Falk, Tory Krug, and even Colton Pareko sometimes gets in on the offensive side of things as well. Uh, there's just so much, so much opportunity for individuals to create offense that, it, as we as we saw in that five four game, they can just strike at any time and, and score in any, many many different ways. And you know, I, I I'm honestly a little embarrassed to say, so far into the season, I haven't even thought about uh, adding Vladimir Tarasenko to this lineup once yet. And I know that's really far away. But you look at the way that this team is now, and you look at the way that the offense is playing now, and almost the, you know the, almost that problem of too much depth. Like you got guys like Mike Hoffman playing on the well, he was on the third line yesterday or whatever. Um, Wallman got, Wallman just got called up to the big boy squad. Exactly. So you adding in a guy like Tarasenko, Jordan Cairo continuing his progression, Robert Thomas continuing his progression, Mike Hoffman continuing to get acclimated with the team, Justin Falk continuing to really get comfortable in his second year, and if he plays anywhere near 
like he played uh, in the last game against San Jose. And then Tori Krug as well, uh, once, once he inevitably comes into form. And don't forget, he's been like a 60, 70-point defenseman every year with Boston. This this offense is has the potential to be one of the scariest, if not the scariest in the league when combined with the stellar defense that we know they can play. So yeah, um, moving on from that, before we continue into the second segment of today's episode, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Now, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and the new and improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. So you got the 12 original classic flavors, including coconut, almond, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, or my personal favorite, peanut butter brownie. Those are all delicious. And then they came out with six brand new ones recently, getting even more creative, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate, so you can satisfy that sweet tooth. Uh, and they're soft, they're easy to chew. You don't got to worry about spending you know 20 minutes chewing it, chewing up a protein bar. You, uh, it's a quick, easy snack. And the best part is Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for someone on a diet. Um, now, if you're looking at, not my, not my favorite favorite, but you know up there, peanut butter, classic, great flavor. You get 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories, which is on the higher side for Built Bar. You know, A lot of them have even less than that. Uh, only 5 grams of sugar and only 5 grams of net carbs. Uh, but they got so many different flavors that you should check out. Uh, whatever your taste is. So go to builtbar.com right now and use that promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. We'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, Tommy, I got a question for you. All right, I got an answer. So looking at looking at this lineup on paper, based off of what we know through three games, based off of what we've seen, um, you know, playing wise from from various guys up and down the lineup, can you can you name a hole in this lineup? I don't think other you can. than the penalty kill. I mean, yeah, I think right now the easiest answer for that question is the penalty kill just because i mean they talked about it uh with the reporters but you're missing guys like jay bomey right. alexander steen and alex petrangelo and those are some those are some pretty big names and shoes to fill missing on the penalty kill but I, I think that'll come with time i think there's enough players that think defensively i mean we could see jordan cairo on the penalty kill at some point yep. i wouldn't mind that yep. one just bit. with how, how much of a pest he can be that's I what agree. i'm saying exactly so obviously like the amount of drive he's had consistently, and he talked about it in the post game comments. Like that's been something that's been really big to him because defense leads to offense, um, and he just seems like he cares a lot. And it's not to say that the rest of the team doesn't care, but when you've got a guy that's got wheels like he does, flying around, pissed off, trying to get the puck back as soon as humanly possible and get going the other way, that's gonna that's gonna create create a lot of buzz. So I think that would be a brilliant idea, and I think. It's just a matter of time before this team who's been who's been so good on the penalty kill and that's been part of their persona and their identity as a team uh, to figure it out and work out the kinks. Yeah, and, and I don't even think the, the penalty kill is a, is from a lack of good penalty killers. I, I think they have tremendous penalty killers. It's just like you said, Bortuzzo's out right now um, and they're just they're still getting getting up to speed. So that being said, I really do think that this lineup right now, not even to mention with the addition of Vladimir Tarasenko, whenever that may be in a couple months or whatever, I think this lineup is maybe as close to perfect as you can get in every aspect of hockey. It's got the speed. It's got the defense. It's got the offense. It's got, it's got the goaltending. It's top 10. I, I, I think that this 
lineup on paper is better than the lineup that won the Stanley Cup. I think that is a little bit of a hot take, you know, losing your captain, losing a guy like Alex Petrangelo. But um, if you if you showed me this this lineup, you know, whatever before they won the Stanley Cup, after they won the Stanley Cup, whatever uh, before this season happened, if you showed me this lineup, I would be overjoyed, over the moon with how scary and good this team looks. It it, it looks like it is potential to be one of the best teams in the league. Obviously, won the Stanley Cup two years ago with a very very similar lineup. So you know, there's 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 proof in the pudding there to back it up, but. Uh, I, I think this is the first time in recent memory that I think the Blues are going to be looked at as as a, a big dog up there with Tampa, up there with a, you know what Chicago used to be, Pittsburgh, uh, what they used to be and sort of are now, Washington. I, I think for the first time, you know, we've, we've been saying it for forever and obviously they want to stand the cup, but I think, I think that they, this team really has the potential to put fear in the hearts of every single team that they go up against, no matter who it is just because of the, the names they have up and down the lineup. You know, the first line comes off the ice. Great. Now you got to deal with Jordan Cairo, Braden Shen, Jaden Schwartz. Fourth line's on the ice. Oh, that shouldn't be bad. Oh, good luck. you got to deal with Ivan Barbashev, uh, Kyle Clifford, Oscar Sundqvist, whatever. Every defensive pairing, you got to deal with a, a monster out there. You know, everyone on their defense besides Tori Krug is like six foot five or something like that. It, it, it's... This is a especially if you bring up Mikola. Yep, especially if you bring up Mikola. This is a scary team to play against, and we've seen it through these first three games. When the Blues have looked on their game, they've looked almost unbeatable. And it, there's no reason to believe that once they get the kinks worked out, once they get that penalty kill and that power play figured out, uh, once they get the lines more solidified, there's no reason to believe that this team can't night in, night out dominate their opponents. So, in terms of talking about. This night, tonight, Josh, mm-hmm. 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern for you. What do you think is the one thing that the Blues need to do to expose the San Jose Sharks and not only win because they won last game, but win in convincing fashion? I'd say besides the obvious, the special teams, you know, we've been talking about that for a week now. We don't need to get into that anymore. Besides the obvious... I just think that they need to, they need to, and it's cliche, but they need to play their game from puck drop to, to final buzzer. They need to cycle the puck and they need to not get away from that game regardless because I think that they've really found a style that works. We saw it in that win against San Jose. They only really faltered on the penalty kill again. So if, like I've been saying, that sort of writes itself, the Blues have nothing to worry about. I think that they have the, they, they have the ability to wear teams down like we've seen uh, the past few years as well. But now they have that added dynamic of not only are they going to wear you down. Uh, in the past, it's been they wear you down and then they score sort of greasy, uh, dirty goals. This year, they're going to wear you down with a line of with a guy like Ryan O'Reilly out there, and then boom! Next thing you know, Jordan Cairo, Jaden Schwartz, Braden Center on the ice. So you're exhausted. You know, you've iced the puck four four times. You know, you've been on the ice for forever. It's the third period. You got no energy left, and Jordan Cairo streaks up the ice, cuts to the middle, and fires a wrister top corner. Uh, the, the, this team has a level of, of of dynamic ability that I don't think we've seen in a long, long time out of a Blues team because not only can they wear you down, not only can they make it impossible for you to move the puck comfortably and quickly, uh, and they don't give you any time, not only can they do that, but then they can they can strike like a dominant offense, like a Colorado, like Connor McDavid and the, and the Edmonton Oilers. I don't think that they've had that ability um, in the past few years, and they finally do this year. So I think that being said... If they sort of pl- use that one-two punch style uh, against San Jose tonight, 
you know, spend spend a little bit of time grinding them down, playing good defense. And then when San Jose gets a little tired or takes their foot off the gas for a little bit, you, you start playing that more more speed based game and you strike for a quick goal or two and, and good night. It's it's over at from that point. Yeah, and I think I think it's gonna be a really big factor too to get uh, Ryan O'Reilly involved and that's not to say that he hasn't been involved involved like defensively and offensively because he's he's been playing fine but especially when he first came here uh, I felt like he was one of those guys where you look at like the, the way that we felt about Jordan Cairo the other night like you get excited every time he's on the ice uh, he's got that world beater game changer momentum that just kind of follows him everywhere he skates um and he's been playing fine but I think last season was probably one of the lowest season totals he's had in terms of goal scoring and I don't think he's changed his game to fit the system of the blues but I think the power play and him could both use a boost in his production so I think in terms of him getting his confidence back um and providing more to the offensive rush I wouldn't be surprised honestly if they flip-flop the top two lines for next game and throw Schwartz, Shen, and Cairo on the first line and give him more minutes instead because that really was, uh, I felt like, the pulse of the team last game. And like you said, if they have to play through Cairo and Justin Falk again, I feel like they can lead them to victory because San Jose is not that good. But against teams like the Avalanche, you're going to need a bigger supporting cast. And I think beating up on teams like the Sharks and having guys gain confidence in these games that, not that they don't matter as much but you're not as worried because they're not they're not a powerhouse like the Colorado Avalanche I think that's a good way to build momentum get the ball rolling um, and get this team up to form to where we know they're capable of playing because I like we said I still don't think they're there yet I agree now on this podcast especially in the last few weeks since the game uh, the uh, regular season has started we've been dishing out the hot takes left and right and a lot of them are coming true um, so if you're any, any, uh, at all like us and you got some hot takes that you think are going to come true and you want to back that up with a bit of, a bit of money, make put a little change in your pocket. Uh, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. Now, as you know, the NHL season is getting going. There are games every single night, you know, for the next half a year. It's going to be great. Um, plus, uh, college basketball going on right now. Some big football games coming up, uh, playoff-wise. All sorts of things to throw some money at. So whatever it may be, Bet Online has it all. Uh, so don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Go to BetOnline.ag. And don't forget to use that promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. That's literally free money that you can use to bet on whatever you want. Whatever it's prop bets, betting on an individual game, whatever it is, BetOnline has it all. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and we will be right back to wrap up this episode. Before we get into like a, like a uh, all-team sort of preview of the rest of the league, because I know we haven't really done that yet this year, Blues Sharks tonight, 9 p.m., Who's your pick for locked on player of the game? Locked on player of the game. I'll add a caveat as okay. well. Okay. So we're going to do locked on player of the game, but since they were so productive last game and that'd be too easy, you can't choose Justin Falk and you can't choose Jordan Kyrie. Ah, oh, that's mean. Yeah. So we got to pick, we got to pick some, uh, some sleeper picks. Yeah. Okay. okay. Sure. So I think right off the top of the dome. So we bring a guy in 
to quarterback the power play. And I think this is going to be the game where he finally not reaches his full potential, but kind of gets his feet wet and is like, okay, I feel like I know what we're doing now. I fit good in the system. I understand it. I got to St. Louis early, so I could spend some extra time to figure out everything that's going on. And I think it's going to click tonight in Tory Krug. And I think we're going to finally score on the power play because it's going to click for him. He's going to feel more confident. Hop in that play. Ripper wrister maybe. Maybe someone pots a rebound off one of his point shots, what have you. Um, but I'm going to go with Tory Krug for my locked-on player of the game. All right. I like that. That's a good That's a good pick. I'm going to go with a guy that I don't think we've talked about a lot this season. And that's because I think he's had, a little, he's had a little bit of a tough time getting going. Um, but has the potential to be a really, really good player for the team, and that is Zach Sanford. I feel like Zach Sanford's always one of those guys that we that you always leave off the list when you're mentioning the names of the good forwards on this team or whatever. But uh, don't forget, he had a what was it a five goal game, four goal game last year, sixteen goals last year. Yeah, yeah, and and he he is a very streaky scorer, as we know. He scores in bunches, and then he kind of not goes quiet, but but then he sort of then he sort of regresses to to more of his his two way forward style, but. Um, he definitely has the potential to be a really dynamic offensive player using his size and skill. And he's playing on a really good line with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron. And he hasn't really scored a goal yet this year. Um, and that line hasn't really gotten going. So other than David Perron, you know, you could argue David Perron might be the best goal scorer on that line. But I think Zach Sanford might be the best pure goal scorer on that line. When it comes to when it comes to having the puck on his stick from anywhere in the offensive zone, he can create a goal. You know, he's got a wicked wrist shot. He's got a lot of size. He knows how to use his body well. And I don't think he's quite gotten to his game this year. And I, I think uh, tonight's game will be a really, really good opportunity for that, you know, because when you're done dealing with the Kairou Shen Schwartz and you're done and you're done dealing with Ryan O'Reilly and you're done dealing with Robert Thomas, a guy like Zach Sanford is perfect to kind of catch the opponent sleeping, you know, when you're you're maybe not not necessarily covering him as tight as you as you should because there's so many other damn good players on the ice. So Zach Sanford has the potential to really be a sneaky good forward for the Blues this year and as well as in tonight's game. You know, a team like the Sharks uh, struggles with their speed, struggle you know, struggles sometimes with their physicality, their forward depth isn't the best when it comes to that. So Zach Sanford has the opportunity to wear his opponent down and then get into space and, and score some pretty goals as we've seen last year. So he's my pick for lockdown player of the game. Oh uh, yeah, I like a lot of points you made there. Number one, I think I, th- I do think Perron's a better goal scorer, but I think you have to get him the puck and right. then he shoots right. uh, when he's open. And, and I think that's what you were alluding to yep. is like Zach Sanford's better at creating his own space instead mm-hmm. of um, someone creating space for him and giving him a pass like that. So I think I think you hit the nail on the head there, but I really do think that second line is going to be – it could potentially be huge this game because – if I'm the San Jose Sharks, what am I doing? I'm doing the same thing, talking about what we're talking about right now and saying that Schwartz-Shin-Kairou line absolutely brutalized us all night long. So we need a game plan for them and shut them down. So if they're capable of doing that, then Perron, Sanford, and Ryan O'Reilly have to answer the bell. And if they don't, then it could be a long night for the Blues. And if they do, it's going to be a long night for the San Jose Sharks. So they that could be potentially the needle that tips in this game. So I like it a lot. You literally just took the words right out of my mouth. The Blues have so many good uh, scale tipper type players, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of NHL teams' biggest struggles are when their stars are quiet. They they can't score or they or they can't play defense. The Blues have so much depth, and also you know they don't really necessarily rely on their stars so heavily that the, let's say the Sharks go out and they lock down that Kairou Schwartz Shen line. 
great. What what are you going to do with the other nine forwards that are capable of scoring a goal every single night? You know, there's not really like you like I said earlier, there's not a weak link on this team. You can't take a single shift off against this blue team because every single player on the ice, forward and defense, is really really good with and without the puck. Uh, I think that's a big emphasis that maybe was was made when when uh, creating this roster, but. Uh, other than what we saw out of Mike Hoffman early on, I think every single guy on this team is is really, really skilled when it comes to just engaging where, where they need to engage, whether they have the puck or not. And it just makes it really, really difficult to play against them because you you never get a break. You never get a second to sort of breathe and, and make, a, make a pass with having some time to think about it. Every single forward and defenseman on the Blues is going to be on you so fast. And, and, and it makes it really, really difficult and frustrating to play against. And whether it's Zach Sanford or Oscar Sangfist, Ivan Barbashev, even what we've seen out of Kyle Clifford lately has looked pretty damn good offensively. And then Tory Krug, Justin Falk. There's just too many names on this team that are capable of, of creating their own shot and creating opportunities for their teammates. There's too many names that it's, it's, it's inevitable that the blues are going to overwhelm their opponents when it comes down to it. So I'm really, really excited to looking looking at how this team comes together as a cohesive unit as the season goes on. And we've barely even talked about David Perron because he's, he's kind of been quiet besides that post he hit uh, in game two. But I, like, we, like we've talked about with the power play and with his play, he's one of the most lethal shooters on this team. And he's coming off a career season. So there's no reason in my mind that he can't be the locked on player tonight either. There's Like you said, there's so many weapons that we can count on and rely on. There's no reason to believe that David Perron has, has any intentions of taking a regress in his play. He's still seems like the same David Perron that we know and love just playing out of his mind hockey it's just a matter of time before he finds the back of the net and it could be tonight who knows I agree all right I think that's all we got time for today uh thanks so much for listening look forward to tonight's game against the San Jose Sharks and then also tomorrow morning 5 a.m we will have the game reaction hot and ready for you guys literally right when you wake up after watching the game it's gonna be a late night for us we're gonna be up late recording but we want to get that episode out to you drink us with your cup of coffee yep especially because that the, that last time we did that the episode after the sharks game is doing really really well so we appreciate all you guys listening um and you can look forward to having that consistently after a game well it, the episode will be ready and live 5 a.m by the time you wake up for your morning commute or your drive to school or your morning workout whatever it may be we'll be there we'll be covering whatever happened the night the day before uh so make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to we didn't get a chance to talk about the rest of the league so if you want to hear what's going on with the 30 other teams in the nhl definitely go check out the locked on nhl podcast they got a they got league-wide coverage over there they got they do great work so definitely check them out also check out locked on bets a brand new show they got all your sports betting needs covered there uh follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok at Locked On Blues, follow Tommy's personal Twitter at Twelcher15. Follow my personal Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.